whilst it's an amazing positive thing that people are sharing these um, adventures that people can go on and we're looking beyond the times of like the road races which Mm. I think has been very focused on for maybe the last like five-ish years it's definitely going beyond that it's more about trail and distance and duration and how many days can you survive with like a sawn off toothbrush and um yeah grim grim if if that's what you want um absolutely go for it I'd love to hear all the stories but I do not want to do that Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today's guest is a runner registered dietitian and blogger. She has completed all six of the world's marathon majors and she shares her training, travel, fitness and food on her blog, The Runner Beans. And her first book, Cook, Eat, Run, is now available to order. Welcome to the studio, Charlie Watson. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. So exciting. For coming in, finally. I feel like we've been trying to make this happen for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like a year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you're here. So let's, I mean, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about. And if anyone scrolls through your blog or through your Instagram feed, it is pretty clear that you love to run and that you have literally run around the world. Like you've run (laughs) everywhere, which is amazing and so inspiring to see. Uh, But personally, knowing you, I know that you also have a job. You were studying diastetics and that you've just written a book. So how do you you know, manage so many things, manage a busy schedule, work life and training for all of these races as well. Do I think it's um, weird because the busier I am, the more efficient I am and the more I can get done. Like Mm -hmm. when I have a day off, I achieve nothing. It's so frustrating. So I'm like, I've got all this time and then the time just goes. So I feel like when I was, you know, on my placement and I would be running into running, literally running into work, using it, the commute as as my easy run. I'd do a day on the wards, then I'd run back to Nanny. How far I'd, was that? So I'd actually, because I live outside of London, I would like cheat and people really call me out on Strava on this because I would just like pause my watch and resume it when I got to London and people were like, hmm, interesting, this three mile run actually goes from Reading to London. Um, but I'd probably run six, seven miles. In the like, morning? Well, no, spread. Okay. So I'd do like three or four in the morning and then I'd do like three or four in in the evening from... At the hospital to Notting Hill, where I was nannying. I'd nanny, cook, eat. I'd also, um, I tested my book recipes on the kids that I was nannying. So that was like kill two birds, make my pet lunch, and then go home. And now I'm like, what did I do today? I sent three emails and I faffed around with this newsletter for way longer than I should have done. Um, so yeah, I think just utilizing your time, being really efficient, is how I got it. Yeah, got it and done. And when you when you're training for races and the weeks start to you know get closer and the miles yeah. start to get longer and the runs are longer, and then I guess you have to think about scheduling recovery and yeah. you know stretching and like you said, eating, prepping packed lunches, things mm-hmm. like that. So I I don't know. Do you think you've just got used to it now? It's like a way of life for you because I think sometimes when people first start, they're like, oh my goodness, how can yeah. I? you know fit all these things in mm-hmm. um, yeah I definitely think so and also you you learn to prioritize the things that are really important to you the things that you're like this makes the biggest difference to me and the things that you can let go a little bit of there was there were points where I was buying my lunch every single day from Pratt just going like because I was like I just don't have the time or the energy and this is something I'm willing to let go of um and similarly with the stretching I'd be like right I can do a 15 minute video at home rather than going to my yoga class like I'd rather get my runs done because that was important to me and I knew that those would make the bigger difference for me personally when it comes to the actual marathon race day rather than being like, oh, I went to 90-minute yoga classes every week. Hmm. Um, so just doing what you can. Yeah, and also realising that, A, no one is perfect. And that, behind, you know, I actually shared loads of my prep lunches on my Instagram while I was... Because everybody seems to have this perfect pet lunch. I'm like, when did you have time to do this? I can literally... 
I'm eating my overnight oats on the train, you know, standing up on the train from Reading to London, spilling it probably everywhere. And then I'm running and this is not ideal, but this is what's working. And I think, um, yeah, it's just the things that are important and you you make time for the things that are important and you are willing to let go of the things you're like, this bit doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, taking the pressure off. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'm mentioning then, you know, like, oh, training for this marathon, training for that marathon, yeah. you know, because that's normal for you, but <laughs> yeah. it's not for everyone, right? And I think that, you know, I'd love to, I guess, find out, firstly, when did you start running and how? Because, yeah, I'm going to come on to this thing of, you know, everyone's running marathons and ultra marathons, but surely we don't start there. Um... I kind of did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me preface this by saying I was definitely not always a runner and I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, yeah, but I actually ran county. Like I would do the 100 metres at school because it was like the least amount of running. Um, I played hockey at school, but again, um, I the running bit was the punishment bit. Um, I signed up for the London Marathon in 20, well, actually 2011 um, in, in memory. Ballot? No, I did it through a charity mm-hmm. in memory of one of my friends. I genuinely didn't know how far a marathon was. I could not run. Like, I know that everyone can run, but I genuinely, I went on a training run and I had to get to the end of my street and pretend to stretch against the post box because there was a group of like teenage boys there and I was like, this is so embarrassing. Um, and went home and was like, oh my goodness. And I, I literally built up from not even being able to run one mile to... It actually turned out to be like 18 months later because of an injury, overuse injury. All I did was run and didn't do anything else from when I first trained. Um, but I built up to run a marathon and um, ran it in memory of a friend, ran, like raised nearly £5,000 for charity. And instead of crossing the finish line being like, whew, done it, I was like, bet I could run that faster next time. Oh, um, so you did the first one yeah, and it gave you the bug. Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting because the reason I was saying that about the marathon thing is as you know you're a part of the running community i'm sure you probably notice a similar thing everyone's doing marathons and then that's not enough so they're doing ultra marathons and then that's not enough so they're going to do a five-day ultra marathon in the desert and it's kind of to me like i run you know half marathons and i'm running the london marathon and it's a big challenge for me like it takes you know a lot of commitment and dedication to train and to fit it in around my life and personally i feel like that is I shouldn't say limit because, you know, we should never be limited. But right now, that's my limit. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And even that, you know, back in the day, marathon used to be an extreme endurance event that only like elite athletes would do. And it's, it was, yeah, it was put on on a pedestal almost. Mm -hmm. And then it became, you know, very popular, very kind of pop culture that was like, you know, celebrities and everyone just saying, sign up for a marathon, raise money for charity, tick it off your bucket list, which is awesome. And obviously I want to encourage people to run, but I feel like unless you're running a marathon now, you're not a runner. And like, Surely, yeah. if you run, and five... even that, I'm like, oh, maybe I should be doing ultras, but actually, I don't want to. Uh, me neither. <laughs> me neither. People keep saying to me, Adrienne, you yeah. you change your mind. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to. Do that. I think that's the thing. If you want to do it, go for it. If you, when you want to do something, you're willing to make sacrifices and you're willing to change your lifestyle around to t- achieve that thing. But you don't need to. Uh, like, if you don't want to run an ultra, if you don't want to run a marathon, if you don't even want to run a half marathon or any races, you just want to go get up on a Monday morning and go for. a however long you want then that's also fine mm. I think that I, I feel the pressure from um, seeing so many people online turning up at these ultra marathons like it's no big deal yeah. and I would die mm, yeah like, and it's a big strain on the, I did on a the half body. marathon in Nepal the other day the other day this sounds really casual but <laughs> um, and I was like this is brutal it took mm-hmm. me like three and a quarter hours what because of the terrain and the heat because of the terrain because I just don't I'm not used to that sort of um that sort of running. I, okay. I run on the Thames towpath and on the roads near my house. That's just how I can fit it in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's whilst it's an amazing positive thing that people are sharing these um, adventures that y- y- people can go on and we, we're looking beyond the times of like the road races, which mm. I think has been very focused on for maybe the last like five-ish years. It's definitely going beyond that. It's more about trail and distance and duration and how many days can you survive with like a sawn off toothbrush and um yeah grim grim if if that's what you want um absolutely go for it i'd love to hear all the stories but i do not want to do that no and you don't have to do those things to be a runner or to be included because Mm -hmm. i think you know there's so many benefits um of running you know physical mental social and if you join a running club and you know you can meet friends and like things like park run you know and that's amazing it doesn't have to be this yeah like long distance thing um so with that in mind if anyone is thinking okay maybe i could do 
I could be a runner because I don't have to run a marathon. I can just, you know, run for half an hour. Do you have uh, maybe five, actually, I'm going to hit you, five tips for new runners? Okay. Do or, not... or non-runners. Oh, yeah, non-runners. Um, uh, don't start out too fast is my top tip because we... I think if we're coming from a non-running background, the only times we run is either playing a sports game, so where you're sprinting to get the ball or something like that, or you're running for the bus or a train because you're late. And that is full-on sprint and then keel over huffing and puffing, which still happens even when you become a inverted commas, runner. Mm-hmm. Um, but people start so fast and then they they literally get, you know, 100 metres, get to their post box and have to pretend to stretch. So just slow down. You can always speed up. Start really slow, almost like embarrassingly slowly Jog. and find a pace that feels like you could do it forever. Um, someone once told me that your body is a metronome and once you start doing something at, at a comfortable pace, you can keep doing it for like almost an unlimited num- um, like amount of time. Mm. Um and that's what a lot of our easy, long, slow runs are. Yeah, it took me a long time to learn that as well when I was running. Even, I wasn't sprinting, but I was still running too fast. Mm-hmm. And you know people say your easy miles should be easy and all that. And I was like, yeah, but it's really slow. Yeah. So I'd get used to that. And then I found out recently that apparently Elliot Kipchoge, yeah. his easy miles are like 9 minute 40. 9 minute 40 seconds per mile yeah. is a jog. So I thought if he, Mr. Two-Hour Marathon, <laughs> is running at that pace, then Adrienne, you can slow down. <laughs> you can afford yeah. to slow yeah. down. Okay, so that's number one. That's number go one. slow, start slow. Um, sign up for something, even if it's you just saying, right, I'm going to go to this park run. It doesn't have to be a paid-for event, although I do find that people, you know, put money where your mouth is. If you've paid for something, you're less likely to bail on it. Um so you, you have a goal that you're reaching towards, whether that is a 5K, an obstacle course race, um, 10K, whatever, literally whatever it is, whatever your goal, it's going to have to mean something to you, but sign up for it um, and then create, like almost work backwards and create a plan to get yourself there. Um, rope friends in it's my, or your family, your loved one, your kids, whoever it is that will keep you accountable, that will go out with you in the rain, that will meet up with you on a Saturday morning when you may be a little bit hungover, especially. Well, maybe not January, dry January, maybe. <laughs> um, but it's much easier when people are doing it with you and you feel like you're part of a little team. Mm-hmm. Um I had one of my best friends that ran the London Marathon with me and we would do our really long runs together. And it was a lovely way of like catching up and, you know, just hanging out. And then we ran the whole marathon together. Um, So it was just, it's really nice, like way of spending time together. Um, I think also just don't compare yourself to everybody online. We're, I'm sure you're guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. You look at people's training plans there the fact that they're doing five-day multi-stage ultras and you feel like you're, what you're doing isn't good enough, know that it is. If you are, like, at whatever stage you're, you are at your, in your fitness, your running um, journey, it's enough. Mm. And, like, enjoy being there. Um, because you'll never get that back again. You'll never get the experience of that first race. I think we all blow over it so quickly, like, oh, next one, next one, next one. But that's, like, my main advice for someone doing their first race is just enjoy the process. So can that be my number five? Yeah. Yeah, enjoy yeah. it. Um, Amazing. So don't yeah. go too fast. Start off slow. Yeah. Second one was sign up to something. Yeah. Third one, rope in a friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, get someone to join you. Fourth one. Don't compare yourself to don't other people. Don't compare yourself. And number five, enjoy yeah. it. Because essentially, isn't that what we're supposed to be yeah. doing? This is your hobby. Yeah. Like My husband often has to remind me when I'm getting stressed out. He's like, you know that this is your hobby and you do this for fun. Oh, and yeah. that once it loses the fun, why are you doing it? You're not an elite athlete. And I'm like, yeah, 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 fair. Yeah, chill out. Yeah, that's a good point. I was in the airport coming back from Barbados where the last race I did was a half marathon there and someone said to me in the airport, she was a really lovely, sweet old lady and I was sitting next to her on the flight and she said, oh, did you have a nice holiday? And I said, yeah, she was here to run a race. I did half marathon and she said, oh, wow, did you win? Oh. I was like, no, but thank you for thinking that. Thank you that. for thinking. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, we're not any athletes and sometimes like, for example, the next, well, next big race I'm training for is the London Marathon there ain't no chance I'm going to win. And, like, no chance. So it's like, for the sake of, like, coming 20 minutes, you know, faster or 20 minutes slower, personally, I think that's the difference between loving it, enjoying it, you know, crowd, high fives, good vibes, and hating it, suffering, staring mm-hmm. down at your watch and, the, and your feet and just looking at the yeah. pace. I think... For so, what? Well, so I, that is how I've run. I ran um, my last marathon was literally, like, head down because 
part of my enjoyment is running specific times mm-hmm. um, like pushing and yourself. feeling like I've worked hard for it. But I also think there's a time to let go and there's a time to enjoy a casual race with friends or a training run with friends. Or I've got to point in in one of my races um, where I literally I had a bit of a diva moment and I like, took off my watch, gave it to my husband on the sideline, like ripped off the pace bib and was like, I cannot... I, I've flown all the way to Chicago. I'm not ruining this race for my friend, my family who've mm. come and supported me and for myself. So just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a time and a place for everything and also time and a stage in your life. Like if you're, if it's becoming that your running is becoming detrimental because you're so time focused, mm. then it's going to negatively, it's going to take away the thing that probably relaxes you. It's going to negatively affect the rest of your life because you then don't have this outlet. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a time and a place for... For both, sorry, I'm really gesticulating with my hands. And I realise no one can see me. No I'm like, can see. sit on them. But yeah, it's true. Time and a place. Sometimes you, you know you're there to focus on, especially for yourself to push it. Because I think for you, because you've done so many races, mm-hmm. um, you know, so many marathons, all these things. I guess you have to have something to a keep you going, keep you motivated, and keep challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, yeah, if you're just starting out and you're thinking it's your first one or second one, just forget about yeah. the clock. You know, just enjoy it. Okay, so let's talk about nutrition. So yep. you are a registered dietitian. You now have your book cook eat run yeah so there's a couple of things i guess i want to talk to you about one is we're all seeing the headlines about plant-based eating and i think especially when it comes to endurance events yeah. now i'm seeing more and more i've i've listened to scott jerrick eat and run yeah he's you know plant-based there's a lot of people talking about how specifically for endurance recovery it's amazing and then the game changers on netflix yeah. you know everybody's seen it yet. which you haven't seen i'm well, gonna watch it tonight well i think to be honest my kind of takeaways from it was yes I know that plant-based has lots of benefits but it's a very mm-hmm. very very biased documentary yep. it's kind yep. of like That's here's a I've showcase yeah here's a showcase of 20 amazing athletes who are all plant-based yep. and look at what they've done but you could get 20 amazing athletes who are not yep. so it's very biased but you know I'd like to get your you know professional opinion as mm-hmm. a dietitian and as a runner what do you think about all this evidence that supports the theory that plant-based whole food diet is best for endurance athletes so the first thing I think is really important to establish is that the word, the like word plant-based doesn't mean vegan or vegetarian. It is a predominantly plant-based mm. diet. So a lot of people who are plant-based still have some animal products in their diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole foods, I'm always going to be on board with whole foods. Like I think there is... Um, almost no study in the world that could prove that whole foods is like not beneficial for mm-hmm. us. Um, and this might sound like a basic question, but I just want to put it out there for anyone listening who's thinking, well, how do you define a whole food? Does mm-hmm. that mean it has to be brown bread or pasta? Or does it mean that it's non-refined, non-processed? Yeah. What's the definition of whole food? Um, well, I mean, my definition is that it's like food in its real form. Mm-hmm. So if you have made a guacamole at home with lime and tomatoes and salt and avocado I still that's that's still a whole food if you are having avocado flavoured crisps not a whole food yeah so (laughs) processed package versus fresh and okay great and and something that has um been enhanced to give you maximum like maximum health benefits so Mm -hmm. like a juice still whole foods smoothies still whole foods um Whereas, again, like a Diet Coke, I've got a real obsession with Diet Coke. Not a whole food, sadly. Sadly. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. no, I just ask because I know yeah. often people go, well, does that mean whole grain? Does it mean it has to be brown? No, no, and no. I'm like, no, no, whole food is like a tomato, a whole, yeah. like, yeah, or unprocessed. Or tomatoes. Also, like, they have, have it doesn't have to be like, this is just the tomato and that's how you have to eat it. Like, you know, raw, raw <laughs> like an apple. Tin tomatoes have very little processing, especially like if you get, make sure you get the organic ones. Or no, you don't have to get the organic ones. Make sure you get like ones that don't have any added sugars or salts. Um, Most tin tomatoes are just cooked, chopped tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Whole food. Okay, great. Okay, so whole food, plant-based. So plant-based does not mean in exclusion of all animal products. Although for some endurance athletes, I know Mm -hmm. they say complete exclusion of, you know, animal products. Um, milk, eggs, cheese, meat, fish, mm-hmm. all of it. But do you think that when it comes to, yeah, I guess it's the thing that they seem to be focusing on is the recovery of endurance yeah. and how it affects your um, blood sugar levels and your, your your ability to kind of heal and your muscles to recover yeah. so you can run again. Do you think there's... So there's a big, there's a lot of um, argument that basically animal products are inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And 
yes, they, there are studies that show that they're inflammatory, but there are also studies that show that we benefit from red meat and iron through animal sources for recovery. So I think my overall opinion on it is if you want to give it a try, give it a try. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, don't worry. The I would limit, my, my advice is limiting processed meats. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost going back to this whole food thing, like mm, sausages, maybe not quite so whole food. Mm-hmm. Um, a steak in its, raw for, in its raw form, cook it, whatever, is much more... Um, I think beneficial for the body yep. um, than yeah your chorizos although delicious ham, ham. Yep. yeah things that have then got all these additives that then take 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 away like um, they add inflammation with the salt and the water and the sugar okay. rather than just the beef in its raw form mm-hmm. or re- you know whole form yeah um, that's I, good that's good to know yeah. I think just breaking it down honestly into simple because there's so much information around nutrition especially mm-hmm. for, for athletes and runners I think it's very confusing or it can be Yeah. so if you said then you know try it for yourself see how it goes so if someone did want to try it are there any kind of like markers that say okay you need to try it for this much time or you need to kind of measure how did you I don't know sleep or how does your digestion or like what are some things that people could kind of you know what I mean how do yeah. you measure it because you might just say after a week oh, I oh, feel yeah. the same I think you definitely need to try it for longer than a week I would say like three months okay um the only thing, the thing to watch out for is if you're trying it at the same time as your marathon training, if you're changing anything else in your life, it's very difficult to be like, right, am I more tired because I'm running 60 miles a week? Or am I more tired because I've cut out, you know, animal fat? Mm. Um, another thing to look at is um, what are you replacing it with? Because a lot of people think that they do these plant-based diets and it's healthier. But actually, if you're swapping... Um, you know, a glass of semi-skimmed milk for some almond milk. Are you looking to see whether the almond milk is the unsweetened variety? Are you making sure it's fortified so that you're getting all the minerals and nutrients that you need that you would you're now cutting out from your diet from um, taking out cow's milk? So, for instance, we're now seeing for the first time in ages iodine deficiency within the UK because our cow feed is sub- is fortified with iodine, which means it comes through into our milk, which means we were all getting our iodine sources from milk. Mm. Whereas if you cut that out, where are you getting it from? So looking for fortified things like fortified cereals and fortified milks to make sure that you're replacing some of the minerals and nutrients that you would and vitamins that you would be losing by Change, like taking them out of your diet through yeah. milk. Um, in terms of things to look out for, yes, what is what, like tiredness levels? I think that's a really big indicator because it's iron and B12 that you'll that a lot of people then don't get enough of mm. from their diet. And similarly, similarly, omega 3s. So if you're cutting out oily fish, making sure you're replacing them with like flax seeds and walnuts um, or taking a supplement. So I think you need to look at it as a I can't, you can't just cut something out. You really need to be educated about what are you putting back into your diet to make sure that you're st- you're not going to become deficient in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I d- think it's great because yeah. people often say, you know, if they are going plant-based or vegan or whatever you want to call it, they're like, well, they just cut out this, cut out this, cut. And they're like, well, what's left? What can I eat? Yeah. And it, as you said, it's like adding in. If anything, I think when I went plant-based, I actually started to eat way more of a variety yeah. of food because I was so conscious of like, okay, I'm going to add these nuts. Or like you said, I would put flaxseed, pumpkin mm-hmm. seeds, all this stuff on top of my porridge where before I might have just had porridge, banana, done. Now it's like I was actually adding more foods to my diet, more vegetables, like experimenting more with food. And I think that's also a reason that a lot of people feel better um, just simply because they increase the variety of their diet. My, like, I don't know whether we're supposed to have personal opinions as a dietitian on this, but I love the idea of a plant-based diet where you have some... If, you, if it works for you, you have some animal products that if you want, but majority of your diet is plant-based mm. because then you're you're maximising your nutrient intake. You're, you've got loads of colour from lots of different fruit and veg. You've got whole grains. You've got nuts, seeds, um, dairy alternatives. And I think people are a lot more creative rather than if it's like, right, I'm going to have chicken and rice. Yeah. Um, if anything as well I used to go I think more more creative to kind of cater to other people yeah. because they'd go like if they were coming to my house I never wanted them to be like oh no we're going to have like yeah. boring like 
plant vegetables and I was like no 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 I was yeah, like just exactly. you, you want to like impress yeah, people yeah. Like, just you wait and then to be eating it be like oh my gosh this is so delicious yeah. I was like yes you see I was like it doesn't have to be yeah. boring you can still have flavour and yeah. spice yeah and I think another thing to think about is the fact that we need to get away from this idea of like our meals need to be centred around the protein hmm. because there's for so long there's been this like in the fitness world, the more protein, the better. Like, like three chicken breasts and mm. some, you know, courgette noodles. And protein is now labelled on every single thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the grams of protein are on the front. Like you can get a protein Mars bar. You yeah. can get a protein, like a protein shake, protein pancake, protein Easter egg. Yeah. You can get protein, everything. Why are we obsessed yeah. with this word? <laughs> it's the, you know, it's the selling point. I think fibre is going to be next. Okay. But, um, yeah, you you probably are meeting your protein requirements. So if you want to keep meat or dairy in your diet, just look at it as like a garnish or like something to add to your plant-based dish rather than focusing your meal around your steak or Mm. chicken breast. And I mean, we cannot argue with the science that it's going to be better for the environment. Mm. Um, But I also think that you can, yeah, you can feel better from having, from changing the way you look at your meals rather than necessarily cutting out any specific food groups yeah and I think when I listened to Eat and Run with Scott Jerry you know he was talking about more like I guess like ancestry of food as well and saying that you know we now have food in such an abundance because of the way obviously it's packaged and processed and shipped around for us that that's why we've been able to now eat so much animal protein whereas actually back Mm. in the day you wouldn't have even been available to you to have that much animal protein breakfast lunch and dinner it would be either one or or probably not even once a day yeah so i think yeah we just because we're very fortunate that we can just consume at whatever we want whenever we want doesn't necessarily mean that we need it yeah and i think we're also so lucky there's so many amazing vegan and vegetarian options nowadays like even about five years ago you'd get a risotto or like goat's cheese that's it about it as the vegetarian i often choose vegetarian options not because i don't eat meat but because they i think they taste great and i mm. do, i just enjoy it and yeah the the the, cho- the changes in our menus and yeah like the, it used to be the short straw yeah but now people are yeah changing and it's and easier the number of my friends like that are, are like oh i have five days five days a week plant-based and i'm like this is amazing mm. well think do you know the next generation it's going to be even more so my son's eight and last year he went to a birthday party and the mum said to me of the of the son whose party it was she said oh does you know any dietary things for jude and i said yeah he doesn't eat meat and she was like oh my gosh she said out of the eight children that are coming she said six of them are vegetarian wow yeah isn't that mad like imagine at school there was no one who was vegetarian yeah, no. and now like six out of um, eight kids and these all, they were weird boys. the ones that were we'd be like oh my god why haven't you got ham in your sandwich yeah like also six out of eight white boys. bread ham sandwich um <laughs> sorry mum you did a great job after my lunch <laughs> mine was jam mine was jam i love a jam sandwich. jam sandwich white bread every day um that's actually what i take on um long bike rides jam sandwich because yeah. it, it's fine so Squashed, underrated. hot yeah like oh. falling in a puddle oh. still great so underrated but again it's interesting because now as a as a mum and i think now with all the information that we have i am literally like i make sauce from scratch and i like oh. blend up and i'm like jude's having you know like he doesn't know it but in his pasta sauce he'll be eating avocado broccoli peas Amazing. kale and i'm like putting all these things in and even in his packed lunch he'll take you know raw you know tomatoes with all different things and it's so interesting when you think back to yeah what we yeah. ate and it's not spice a- girls walkers <laughs> crisps were like yes. literally in my pet lunch every day yeah it's not a curse to my mum but yeah no. my my, pet, my <laughs> diet was i used to eat walker's prawn cocktail crisps sausage rolls from greg's used oh, to be three for a pound and i used so to buy good. three and mm-hmm. eat three that was like a snack on the way to dancing yeah. i loved yeah i used to get a weekly mcdonald's on my way to brownies like a, <laughs> a treat yeah yeah well yeah. because there was no time like this yeah. is the other thing is that like now i think that the availability of like easy, healthy, healthy yeah. on the go food. We are so lucky with that. Like with the de- like the menu delivery boxes, like the Hello Fresh, that type of thing. We've never had it easier to eat healthily. Yeah. But then we've also never had it easier to eat unhealthily. I think there's like we're bombarded with choices. Mm. And um, in the news today has been information about how they might put how many calories. Yeah, like I how saw many, that. how long you have to exercise to burn off the calories. And I'm like, oh. That's terrible. Yeah. I think this is a whole... I mean, they're never going to get to do it because I think the backlash already... Oh, yeah, massively. In, yeah, the backlash within like 48 hours has been insane. And but you, for anyone who doesn't know, they were suggesting that instead of just having this this uh, fruit bar has 250 calories, they wanted to put, this would take 45 minutes of jogging to, to burn off this snack, which I think is just such like the, 
the messaging around, you know, mm-hmm. earning food, burning off food, it's so damaging yeah. and also just depressing. It's like, we know what's good and bad. We know that eating well, no, a banana... Well, no, the thing, they don't... Is, really? Genuinely... No one my, eats a pizza, though, and goes, this is my... You know, no, everyone knows. No, well, yeah, you, you would think that. Honestly, the amount of people who... Um, they're like, oh, but um, it's a salad bar and there's... You know, they put the cheese and the croutons and the this and the this. And I'm like, oh, what is actually your salad underneath? And um, obviously I don't say it in that derogatory term, but I'm like, now let's talk about how many vegetables you've got on your plate. But I really, I think that instead of investing in the packaging, put it into schools and Mm. educate the parents and the kids of how to make healthy choices, how to read a food label, how to weekly meal plan. And that is so much more... um, so much better for us in the long term mm. for our kids for their kids for our own health than basically shaming people into yeah. having to get I used to work out in Kit Kat packets like I'd be like oh, 107 calories on a two what? finger Kit Kat and I'd go to the gym and I'd go on that the cross trainer at like level three and I'd do two Kit Kats and then I'd go and then I'd <laughs> and I was like what is the point I love that. Like, <laughs> and also it's so depressing because when you so break depressing. it down it's a lot like yeah. sometimes I can go out for like you know a pretty hard run like a 10k run or whatever and if you were to look at your watch and it says you've done 500 calories great you can literally have like I don't know uh, two spoonfuls of nut butter you're like done do you know what I mean it's just yeah, depressing but also the, they're like we're not at a level yet where it's so accurate mm. so how are they supposed to know that your 45 minutes exercise yeah. jog is the same as mine and you know what if I eat leave one small bit does that how many I, I just it's a mess I don't think we're yeah. gonna, hopefully we won't see that coming in um, you know like and someone compared it actually on, on Twitter I saw someone comparing it to cigarettes and saying well you know look at what it did when they put smoking you know this will kill you and like pictures of like I was like this is not the same no it's not the same no. Like they should no, it's not the same at all. Like we a we have to eat, and there's so much, so much of a social enjoyment around eating, mm. and I really think that would take it, take it away. Yeah, um, let's all run to the restaurant. And it's all, and it's all like cat- really, let's be honest, the people that it would probably affect the most are the ones that don't need it, like negatively. Yeah, vulnerable and people yeah, who are already counting yeah, calories, exactly. already checking. Yeah. I mean, the places that they put the calories on onto food and drink you know at Starbucks I think is is helpful mm. but and it genuinely does affect when I'm like oh should I go and get this Christmas drink and then I'm like actually no do I really need a Christmas drink or am I really just here for some a cup of tea like yeah, yeah I'll just get a cup of tea but um you know the fact that it's at McDonald's and places like Starbucks I think can be helpful but I think it should be something you can look up if you want to rather than in your face yeah. on the packaging making you feel guilty mm, and stressed yes yeah. okay sorry Amazing. that was such a tangent no it's fine but i am going to bring it back yeah. to running yes. so because you are the runner beans so i mentioned at the start you have run in some extraordinary places around the world it's it's amazing to see you know i see photos of you running here there and everywhere and so i'd love to know in all the years of running what have been your best and worst races so far oh, races and why um okay worst well I've had like two marathons that went really terribly badly and one is my most recent marathon so I think it's like fresh in the mind of feeling awful was Edinburgh and I missed my time goal the wind was insane I felt really sad about myself like when I think back for the last eight miles I felt like I was running up a hill and Mm. Edinburgh is flat (laughs) oh no (laughs) the the marathon it's not actually in Edinburgh um so that's probably been one of my worst ones. That one or the time that I did a race in New York. And although I got a good time, um, it was so cold that the water in the cups had turned to ice. But so I didn't know that. So I just chucked back water and just hit in the face with a block of ice. And oh, I was my like, oh, my goodness. That's awful. Yeah. OK, so sorry, I'm going back, though, to Edinburgh. Why? So when I say yeah. worst, like, okay. why was it the worst? And so, I know it sounds silly, but like, sometimes people will say, oh, I don't know, I felt sick and then I threw up or they, mm-hmm. I don't know, like my, I got a blister and then I broke, somebody actually, no, broke her ankle and finished the marathon. How? She stepped on a water bottle. Oh, no. Yeah. But um, so obviously, luckily that hasn't happened. Yeah, no. But why was it so bad? Why did, what went the wrong? The thing that I've held on to is that I mentally gave up. Um, there was a point in between miles 18 and 24 where I knew I hadn't got my time. And I really pride myself in like, you finish feeling like you've given everything. And I know that there were, like I should have 
I, I went into a dark place mentally and was like, I can't do this. I'll never be able to do this. And that's what I'm disappointed in myself at. And that's what I've taken away. Where, whereas last time I didn't meet my time goal in Paris, that was I was trying to run sub four and I did four hours 36. I know that I gave everything mm. and I there's nothing I could have been annoyed with myself for other than the fact that I didn't didn't achieve it. I knew that I'd given my all and I'd kept racing right till the end. Um, whereas in Edinburgh, there were a couple of miles where... Did you have a diva drop? I did that in London. Mm. <laughs> I did that in London. I was like, oh my, not a diva strop. I just think I got frustrated. Yes, yeah. And then I felt, yeah, like I just got fed up and was almost like, I just want this to be over yeah. now. And I'm still like, people going, you're nearly there at mile 22. I was like, four miles no. is not nearly there. There wasn't really enough people in Edinburgh to oh, no. tell me that. Um, I was like trying to tuck in behind people and I was just like, this is a joke. Like this, The wind. Yeah, the wind. And I was just like, maybe if I trip over now, the ambulance will come and get me. <laughs> and I was like, genuinely like, fingers crossed. Um, um, and then I saw my amazing friends on the sidelines about maybe about a mile out and they started running with me Aww. and he was my friend Rob um, and Ellie Robbie and Ellie were like just keep pace just, and I was like please don't leave me Aww. and that like I changed you know that last that final mile has this lovely memory of them just being by my side literally pushing like kids out of the way along the sidelines because they're not allowed on the course but they were on the edge and um, that's nice. That's yeah, cool. so that's like a positive thing from it. But yeah, it's I didn't have a diva strop, but I just thought I I questioned like everything. I was mm. just like, am I ever going to be able to run a sub three thirty? I'm just not fast enough. I'm not fit enough. Um, yeah. But hey, it, but let's talk about the best. The best. So what's been the best race and why? The best race ever was uh, the London Marathon a few years ago. I ran with my husband. I paced him to or to get him a PB it was like six days after I'd run Boston and I nothing ever hurt like that doesn't happen in marathons where you just run and you're like especially six days after you run a marathon what um nothing ever hurt I saw so many friends and family I literally smiled the whole way around um I was not allowed to ask him at any point if he was okay. And apart from the fact that I got annoyed with him, that he went to the loo three times. Oh, gosh. I was like, are you joking now? You're just making, you know, you're winding He just winding wanted a rest. Yeah. He just wanted a rest. He was like um, he in was the like, portal yeah. having a little breather. He was like, I felt nervous because you told me I wasn't allowed to go again. I was like, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but I just, I took it all in. And I think that's going back to our, you know, enjoy it, it like, you know, look up, is I've, the only time I had on the clock for him was sub 4.30. Um and we were always on track. And so I could look up, I could enjoy it. I could see my friends. I could go over and give people hugs. I could take photos. Um, and Cross, like, finished, you know, holding hands with him, oh, um, nice. which he said he would never let me do. So I was like, yes. <laughs> I, like, At that bought, point, you I don't bought care. all the photos from that race. Oh, wow. That, that's um, really nice. But yeah. from a non-personal perspective, yeah. if you were recommending a race, because you were just like, this race, whether it's New just York. the scenery or the New York, New York. New York Marathon. New York Marathon is, like, the coolest. Yeah. Why is it the best? I really want to do it. Yeah, it's the atmosphere. Like, imagine the London Marathon, but with Americans cheering. Oh, yeah, because they're always like, you they're got like, this. I'm so proud of you. And you're like, thanks. Yeah, I don't know I you, but thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's huge. And it's like, I love New York. And you're running and you're seeing these, you know, it's like a sightseeing tour of New York. And you get to finish in Central Park. And uh, yeah, the whole, they have like a full week of like build up and events. And everybody knows it's going on. Yeah. And, that's yeah, cool. it's just very cool. I think that, like, London is, uh, personally, because I'm from London, yeah. is my best race. But if you're not from London, if you don't have the personal, like, attachment to London and you see your friends and family, then it's New York, hands down. New York. Cool. Well, it's mm-hmm. right at the top of my list. I don't have a place yet, but I'm trying and I'm just wing, putting wing. it. I'm, no, I'm 2020. putting it out there. 2020, New York City Marathon. Well, I'm in. Let's make it happen. I'm doing it next year, so Are come you? and do it with me. I'd love to. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let's make that happen. Okay, so... As it is the start of the year, I think lots of people will be training for spring marathons, maybe mm-hmm. even their first, um, or London. So could you give us, before we move on to the power hour, could you give us three things that you believe are the most important things when it comes to training to take on 26.2? Because, Charlie, you are a marathon pro. Thanks. Um, sleep. The It's like our best recovery tool. And when we add more things to our day, that's often how we find the time is we take away from sleep. Mm. And I, yeah, I just think it's really, really important that if you're getting up an hour earlier to fit your run in, then you need to be adding that hour back in somewhere else. Speaking my language. Yeah, that's my top tip. Um, 
following a training plan. I know there's so many options out there. Um, look around, find something that works with your lifestyle. If you can only commit three runs a week, there's a training plan for you. If you can run six days a week, there's a training plan for you and everything in between if you want to cross train. But I think it's important to look at what your lifestyle is right now and what you realistically can do rather than having expectations that you're going to f- suddenly magic up six runs a week and then you aren't able to do it and you feel bad and you try and catch up and you feel like you're not going to achieve your goal because you're not following the plan. Yeah, Um, I think the plan thing is, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's very beneficial if you can mm -hmm. do it. But I do think I found that the first plan I ever stuck to was for London and I felt so overwhelmed. Like I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many runs and it's every week and there's no, and I felt, yeah, I did feel this pressure. Yeah, Yeah, but then there's there's three days a week where you can be more flexible and you can make it work for, I've done a couple of marathons where I've, just run three days a week mm. um, and they're quality runs. And then I was doing classes and stuff because I was like, I can fit in a class at lunchtime. I can do this. I do this with my friends, whatever it is. Um, yeah, just making making a realistic, like giving yourself realistic expectations. Okay. Um, and then my last one is practice. Practice your nutrition. Practice your race day outfit. Practice your, you know, practice your long runs. Practice your speed workouts. Practice, just put into practice the... What's going to happen on race day? So what time are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? How are you going to fuel? That's really good advice. Um... I think the outfit thing is really good advice because mm. it sounds stupid, but I do remember thinking like, certain, we all know after a while there's like certain leggings or certain shorts or yeah. certain socks or whatever that are comfortable or not. <laughs> and I remember thinking like a week before, like, oh, what am I going to wear for the marathon? Because it's not, yeah, it's not a fashion show, but you've got to think yeah. what's going to be comfortable, what's going to, what digs in? what Because mm-hmm. it's a long time yeah. to be wearing something that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, um, unfortunately, because we train through winter, often we've worn something different to what actually will be appropriate on race day. So really try and and do at least a couple of long runs in what you're going to do, what you're going to wear. Um, especially if you're doing it for a charity and they've got a race bib. I did not practice, and I basically cut my underarms to shreds. Oh, um, yeah, I just I wore it for the first time. Um, and yeah, practice your your fueling. Try different types of gels or homemade gels in the book little plug Um, or if you're going to have jelly babies you just practice with what you are going to use and when you're going to use it so um, if you're doing London Marathon there's water every mile but a lot of other marathons don't have that so practice having your nutrition with when you'll be able to have water if that's what you need with Mm. it so for example in Edinburgh it was every 5k so that's what I practiced having like uh, water and nutrition every 5k and I think on the day not changing right because mm. what you just said then about water every mile I go out for a no. run I'm not going to lie I don't take water with me I drink before and I drink after and I know sometimes people are like oh you shouldn't say that it's not right whatever it works for me yeah. so if I at a race drink and drink and drink and drink at all the stations I get a funny stomach yeah. I feel weird I sometimes get stitched I get nauseous and I'm just my stomach's full of water and I'm not used to it so even though it's tempting because you're like oh water thanks. I might be thirsty I might get <laughs> one minute's time exactly. I better take this yeah <laughs> I get thirsty and also that thing of like it's just a nice like refreshing like oh thanks I'm really like just out here running yeah. but actually now I'm like nope don't even look just carry on just yeah. run past. I did that in Barbados and it was 30 degrees wow I did not drink because I was like you don't drink when you run you drink after oh see I do drink when I run I've got like practice with cups a lot <laughs> um after the ice face incident um yeah I do drink when I run but um and I've I run a lot with a hydration pack so that I can sip That's little cool. and often um but yeah just Practicing what works for you and not yeah, not getting swayed by other people on the course who have maybe stopped and, you know, they've got water at every station and you're feeling like, oh, yeah. I haven't had it for three miles. And hey, for anyone listening who is interested, Barbados Marathon and Half Marathon is the only race I've ever done where they have water stations and rum stations. Rum shots. Oh, my goodness. People were doing rum I mean, shots. Okay, during the LA Marathon, I had a beer. Yes. Because <laughs> I was like, this is so fun. I'm never going to do this again. Had a beer. They had a chili dog station. What? Yeah. You could make a hot dog with chili on top of it. That's Obviously, I didn't so, do that. So At mile nice. four. Like, oh, gosh, People no. would maybe have fallen apart later. No, that's, um, that's not good. I mean, rum station, I like Rum that. station. The lady in front of me did a rum shot and I just saluted her because I was not about to do it. And I was like, wow, you're amazing. And she was like, it gives you confidence. I was like, okay, if you say so, but I'm not going to do that. Also, I'm a lightweight at the best of times. Like, isn't your blood thinner when you're running? Like, I would have just been drunk. Hey, 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So anyway, no rum socks for me. Let's talk about the power hour. Yes. That is the thing. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if you are a morning person, if you're a morning runner. And I want to know, I guess, yeah, what's your morning routine if you have one? What kind of time are we talking? Yeah, um, I am a morning person um, and I'm a have morning runner. Have you always runner. been? Um, not when I was at school, but... Um, after that? Yeah, after, yeah, after that, I'm, I'm, yeah, I get up early. Um, I think it also at uni I didn't have any curtains so yeah <laughs> disgusting out of necessity yeah literally person. I was like well I'm awake now uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah I love I love the mornings I actually just really love even on days where I'm not getting up to go and work out like sitting and having coffee in my dressing gown um, well, so what kind of time? 6, 6.30 yeah um, my husband has very very weird hours so sometimes when he's on earlies it's 4 um, and I'll sit and be like a super creep in the dark downstairs. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, usually six six thirty. Um, get up, uh, have a coffee, then run. Um, yeah. And I have I have a coffee not partly because I just like it and I like while well, I'm like faffing around getting ready. Um, and partly because it likes like, a little bit of energy and just enjoy the like routine of it yeah and so you you have your coffee and your run mm-hmm. question that a lot of people are talking about in their routine in the morning is phone or no phone some people are like yeah whilst I have my coffee I scroll through social media I might throw it, scroll through I don't know emails news other mm-hmm. people are like I do not look at my phone because it's a vortex that sucks me in I'm yeah. in that camp because I'm easily distracted so if I go into like oh, I'll just reply to this DM oh, I'll just do a story oh, I'll just I'm like just get your kit mm-hmm. on and get out the door um, but yeah phone no phone I'm phone um, because I find it really motivating to know that other people are up and doing their workouts at that time. And sometimes like, you know, 6am can feel really lonely Mm. if... If you or even earlier, often it is it is earlier, um, and it, you can feel like you're the only person, and you know, oh maybe I just won't do it. Maybe I'll go back to bed. Maybe I'll just sit on the sofa. And so if I've seen a other people are out running, or I've seen about their run yesterday, I'm like, yeah, I can oh, go and do cool. this run. I can go and do my workout. I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, that's but yes, cool. it is a vortex. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm glad that I'm going to keep doing mine because I did one this morning actually, which was about five forty-five. I was yeah. out on my run with a head torch. Yeah. Obviously, it's pitch black dark. Yeah. And yeah, a couple of people replied to me. One lady said, I've got one eye open, but this is making me want to run. Yeah. And I was like, yes, get out, do it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. You, I think it's, you know, the the whole benefit of social media is that you, sh- well, hopefully, is that you can connect with people even when you're not with them. And so, if yeah, my husband's not going to come and run with me at 5.45. I do actually have a friend that does run with me really early. Yeah. But yeah, knowing that there's people all over the world as cool as you running at 5.45. Yes, team. Power yeah. Hour crew. We yeah. see you. We see you. Okay, so before I ask you my closing question, can you tell us all where we can follow your running adventures online, if you don't already, on Instagram, the blog, and where we can buy the new book? Yeah, so I'm at The Runner Beans on Instagram. Um, my blog is just therunnerbeans.com. Um, on Twitter, I don't, I don't really use Twitter, but annoyingly, someone has the Runner Beans. Oh. So I'm Charlie D. Watson. Very oh, catchy. But you can just type in the Runner Beans and it still comes up with me. Okay. Um, and, and the book. And the book is available on Amazon and it should be at all good bookstores. Yes. It's January. Love well, that. And yeah. tell us, you know, come on, let's plug this because I have yeah. a book. Oh, I have a copy of it in my hands right now. So tell us what's in this book. Why do we need it? So I've just tried to like break down the big questions that people often have about nutrition and simplify it and create recipes that are quick, that are easy, that are made with the ingredients that you're going to have in your fridge and cupboard or at your local shop rather than needing to order everything on Amazon or going to a health food store. Um, And so there's a whole section of 20 minute meals. So things like when you've got back from the gym and you want to eat something, but you either can't be bothered to properly cook or you just need to get something quickly. Um, breakfast options, so you don't just have to have a bagel and a banana before you run. 
you know, it's. I just try and Brilliant. I've created recipes that I I really like. So hopefully you will too. Um, Amazing. Well, I'm definitely going to give it a try. So thank you so much for this. And I'm already loving the bit that says refrigerator staples and freezer essentials because mm-hmm. I honestly think that when you I'm sound like such an old mum. I, mean, I don't even care old. when you're oh, so old. But when you start to utilise your freezer, oh yeah. I mean, it is a game changer. I think yeah. Another another going back top tip is that you're like often when you're marathon training you're always hungry mm-hmm. and just being prepared like having go-to snacks in the fridge freezer cupboard that you can grab that you know that will refuel you um but not make you you know eat that whole sharing bag of dot- like doritos um is really like a, a great way of getting around this whole idea that you should just eat everything and anything when you're marathon training. Yeah, that's a myth, isn't it? People yeah. say that. They're like, oh, but yeah, but you're running loads. So mm-hmm. just have another, you know, like you said, share bag of Doritos, <laughs> which I honestly, I think like you said about being prepared, there's definitely times when I've come in and whilst I'm deciding what to mm-hmm. cook, I'm like, what shall I cook? But whilst I'm deciding, I'll eat a bag of kale chips, dip something in some nut butter, eat a banana, mm-hmm. all these things. And then I'm like, okay, I'll cook dinner now. Yeah. Because you're starving. Like you're so, so hungry all the hungry. time when you're running like yeah. 18 miles on a Sunday morning. It's mad. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, get the book. Okay, closing question, Charlie. It's a new one this year and it is about time. I'm a little bit obsessed with time. If you've been listening to the show for a while, then you probably, you get it. We know, Adrian, you love the concept of time and I appreciate you giving me your time and the listeners as well. So this year, the question is, if you had one more hour in each day, so your day is going to be 25 hours from now on, what would you use that one extra hour to do? So I have been thinking about this and there's two things that I, the one that I, w- that I hope I would do and the one that probably I would do. So the thing I hope I would do is more strength training. Um, we've like built a gym in our garden that's like half finished that I you know I genuinely have no excuse to not do my strength training but I don't really love it and I will always choose running over strength so I'd like to think that I would use it to go to maybe a strength class or do my own strength workout but realistically I probably would sleep that's Um, also good I would go to bed an hour earlier because I love getting up early um, and I hate the feeling of missing out on things in the evening but realistically I yeah I want to get up earlier so yeah and I and I do think it's like the best recovery and it's free and it's just it's amazing get to bed this is what I've been saying people like Adrian we're so bored of hearing you talk about sleep but it is such a (laughs) game changer Mm -hmm. so yeah extra hour in bed nice thank you so much Charlie I really really hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode I hope you've taken away something from it especially if you are either a new runner or if you're training for a marathon this spring so get in touch share this episode if you think that any friends family would enjoy hearing Charlie and her all of her wisdom and insight thanks so much for listening see ya Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.